Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill. I'm the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church located in Evansville, Indiana. We are a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America. It's great to have you here with me for a Monday, uh, January 30th, 2023. This is edition number 16 of season 8 as we continue looking at the Westminster Confession of Faith, both from a theological as well as a practical point of view. Today we come to uh, chapter 3 and paragraph 2 as we continue looking at the matters related to God's eternal decree. Let's pray first and then we'll consider this paragraph together. Father, as we come now to your word and we come to these summaries regarding the things that your word says, we pray that you would help us and instruct us. We ask that you would forgive us for our transgressions, our sins, and ways in which we fall short of your glory. We mourn the reality of indwelling sin. We uh, long to be able to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, our neighbor as ourselves. We fall short of these things, we know, but yet we are also thankful that in Christ you accept us and you accept our labors as good in your sight because of what Jesus Christ has done. We pray as we consider these matters that you would open our eyes and our ears to the truth and that we would contemplate and meditate upon them deeply and seek to bring forth fruit of them in our lives. Please help us, we pray, for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, today we come to paragraph number two. We have already considered really introductory matters related to God's eternal decree. We've already considered how God from all eternity did by the most wise and holy counsel of his own will freely and unchangeably ordain whatever comes to pass. We've talked about various aspects related to that. But suffice it to say, we understand that the Word of God plainly teaches that God ordains all things. Those clothes you're wearing today, ordained by God. The food you had this morning for breakfast or lunch or dinner, whatever the case may be, ordained by God. Yes, you chose it. God ordained it. And so while this seems mysterious to us, the Bible does teach both the divine sovereign will of God in matters, as well as our responsibility to behave properly. Paragraph 2 now turns to matters um, related to how this works itself out or how it is even accomplished. There we read, Although God knows whatsoever may or can come to pass upon all supposed conditions, yet hath he not decreed anything because he foresaw it as future or as that which would come to pass upon such conditions. Put very simply, God's decree is not rooted in what you and I may or may not do. God does not look down <clears throat> through the quarter of time and see me behaving in a certain way and then <clears throat> decide to plan and purpose to plan events based on what he saw me do. He does not do that for you. He does not do that for any of his creatures. The fact remains that if that were the case, then we have a fundamental problem with the divine sovereignty of God, as clearly taught in the Bible. It puts man in the place of determining God's directions and his will, as opposed to he as the alone sovereign of heaven and earth, uh, as the one who ordains immutably all things. So we can't have it both ways. Either God decrees events that will happen, based on his sovereign good pleasure and his own immutable will, freely and unchangeably, or he sees me doing such and such and then responds to such and such by ordaining it would happen. Again, that places man in a position of power 
an authority that he does not possess. God is the creator of all things. And it is his good pleasure then, therefore, to ordain and determine to do whatever it is that he wants. Irrelevant, frankly, of what I will or will not do. And so he does not look down through the quarter of time and see me behaving in such a way. Of course, this pertains to even our salvation. God does not see me choose Christ, and then he chooses me because he saw me choose Christ first. Now, the Bible is very clear that it's very much the opposite of that, that we love him because he first loved us. And so we have some scripture to look at related to this matter, that whatsoever may or can come to pass upon all all supposed conditions. Matthew chapter 11 and verses 21 to 23, uh, we see this uh, taught by the Savior himself, Matthew 11. Really, we should back up to verse 20 where we read, Then he began to denounce the cities where most of his muddy works had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in, your, done in you had been done in Sodom, it would, have been, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. So we know the events, of course, with Sodom and Gomorrah. God purposed to destroy them because of the evil and the wickedness that resided there. Uh, And so God exercised his right to judge a people. He says here, if these people had received the very same things, the works preached to them, if God had determined to do that ahead of time, they would have repented. And so we see the order is important. It is God who initiates. It is God who works. It is God who does these things. And we, as recipients of God's actions, are re- uh, we are benefactors of it. And so we respond to God's call. We respond to God's works. We respond to that which God has ordained to do. Thus, he has not decreed anything because he foresaw it as future or as that which would come to pass upon such conditions. We have an example of this uh, given by the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 9. It's, it is merely an example but it sets the pattern of what we are arguing here. In Romans chapter 9, verses 11 through 18, I recognize it's a lengthy section, so bear with me. But if you have your copy of God's Word, perhaps you can look it up. Romans 9, beginning with verse 11, Though they were not yet born, who's they? That's the offspring of Isaac and um, um, of Isaac. Though they were not yet born, had done nothing, either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls, she was told, the older will serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means, for he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will, or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth, so that he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. And so the story, of course, is regarding Jacob and Esau. 
And we know that Jacob is the one that was said that Esau would serve him. And that God had rejected Esau before he was even born. Uh, the words that came uh, to his parents, to his mother specifically, to their mother specifically, was prior to the birth. That the, younger would, the older would serve the younger. That Jacob I love and Esau I hate. Not because Esau had done anything, but because God had determined on his own will uh, to do this act. And so we see here in this example the reality of the decree of God preceding all events that fall out from it. God's decree does not reside in the reality that, uh, of what we may or may not do. Now, how does this help us as Christians? You know, what comfort comes from knowing this? Well, again, as I argued in the Friday edition, the fact that God does ordain all things rooted in His holy will, immutably, unchangeably, bringing all things to pass, that which is most wise, we know that God is doing all things well. He never errs. He never gives to the creatures what they don't deserve. Every creature on this planet deserves God's judgment, His wrath, and all those that um, are separated from Him for all eternity are only receiving exactly what they deserve. And then there's the others, the redeemed of the Lord. They are not receiving what they deserve. They are receiving what they don't deserve. God's mercy, His grace is upheld. And in both cases, justice and mercy unite. In God's character, His attributes are left without um, stain or blemish. But it is God who does these things. And as we think about these things in relationship to the way we live our lives, especially as Christians, we know that our Father in Heaven is not bringing these things, decreeing these things into our lives to torture us, to make us miserable, to ruin our day, to uh, steal our fun, or any of these matters. He ultimately does these things that He might bring us into a closer union with Him, conforming us more and more into the image of Christ. And so it teaches us that our dependence is not on us. It's not dependent on me, uh, but it is dependent on He who decrees all things and how He has rooted that decree, especially for the redeemed, in the very work of Jesus Christ, of whom we trust then, therefore, and have confidence knowing that He will sustain us and uphold us and carry us through even to the very end. We don't have to fear God's decrees. We should trust them. For they are bathed in his perfect righteousness and wisdom and his perfect holiness. So it should bring great comfort to us. We don't have to sit here and try to figure it out and worry about whether we're automatons or not. We're not. We're free moral agents. We make decisions uh, that are uh, equal to that which we're able to do. Uh, but it is God alone who governs and rules over all affairs of our lives. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so until the Tuesday edition, when we consider paragraphs three and four regarding the elect angels as well as men, may the Lord help you today. Walk in his ways, read his word, seek to be obedient to that which he has said, and he will indeed guide your steps. God bless.